This episode is brought to you by our small biz shopping directory and the shop one in five pledge. We believe that when you purchase from a small business, your dollar goes further. We're inviting you to shop the directory and to take the shop one in five pledge with us. It's a commitment to make one in five of your purchases from a small business online or offline. It's a way to make an impact together where and when it matters most. Because the truth is, your purchasing power matters now more than ever. When you buy from the directory, you're buying from a real person. You're contributing to their family and household. You're helping them hire teams and support other businesses. You're helping them improve and build up their local communities. You're keeping the economy going through your purchasing power. And you're stimulating innovation and job creation. That's why we've dedicated these episodes and created the Small Biz Shopping Directory. Because while most of our listeners are business owners, you are all also consumers. Our goal is to shine a spotlight on small product businesses and to buy from each other. Here is what you can do to make an impact. One, take the pledge. Make the commitment to shop one in five of your purchases towards small businesses. You're using your purchasing power to change lives. Two, shop the directory. Don't know where to find small businesses online? We created the Small Biz Shopping Directory to make it easy to support, shop, and share small businesses. You're making a difference with your spending, and it's amazing and fun. Choose from 15 incredible categories and hundreds of small online businesses to shop from. Three, share the directory. Imagine if each of us told three to four people to shop the Small Biz Shopping Directory. It would be incredible and life-changing to so many small businesses. Tell your friends, family, and social network. It costs nothing extra and makes a world of difference. Our purchases have the ability to change lives. You can take the pledge at shop1in5.com. And shop the directory at theproductboss.com slash shop now. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everybody, Jacqueline and Mina here, your co-hosts of the Product Boss Podcast. Today, we will be sharing a conversation we had with a fellow female founder. You see, we believe women helping women is what the world needs more of. Introducing our female founder episodes, where we interview fellow female entrepreneurs and highlight their small business. Our goal is to shine a spotlight on product businesses to encourage our community to support each other, learn from each other, buy from each other, and lift each other up. So let's jump in. 
Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Female Founders Podcast. And today we are going to talk about growing an eight figure business with a team of three with Stephanie Maddish, CEO of Kellen and Bolter. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, I think I messed up the name. So tell us your businesses. And um, I was, so you know, we were pre-talking. So tell us about your business and what you sell. Our two main brands are Kaylin and Bolter. Kaylin is our women's brand. We sell all soft and comfy um, underwear and athleisure clothing. Uh, really the basics, also socks and stuff like that. Bolter is our men's line and it's pretty much the same thing. Socks, t-shirts, underwear. Uh, we're all about com- comfort and fit and trying to keep our sizes and everything consistent for the customer. Um, we're really... We really cater to someone who finds their underwear and wants to wear that the rest of their life. And that's what we're trying to do. Samina, so do you want to wear hers for the rest of your life? Because uh, I, I do indeed. It's the material. Um, it's so breathable, so comfortable, and it's soft bras. So for all of you that are looking for just the most comfortable high quality bras, which I've actually been wearing soft bras since over a decade now, I would like to say. And yours are my favorite that I've ever found. So bravo. So your, your Instagram says panties and bralettes. So comfy undies designed by women for women, bralettes, panties, and the most comfy clothes in your closet. And, um, I know that you are, you're starting to build your Instagram because you are an eight figure business friends. And I'm and right now she has 132 followers on Instagram. Let me yeah. just say that you do not need followers to have a business like Stephanie's. Yes. <laughs> so, so let Stephanie, us know, Stephanie, yeah. where are you selling then? Where do you, obviously it's not Instagram. Where do you sell? No, <laughs> um, we sell on all the marketplaces. Uh, well, maybe not all, but a lot of them. Uh, our big three are Walmart, Amazon, and Poshmark actually might be number three, but we also sell like on eBay and our own stores since we sell on our own sites, we sell things individually, but if you buy on marketplace, you can only buy them in packs. So a lot of times people come and seek out our website to pick out their exact colors they want, or if they just want one beige bra, they don't want four pack of beige bras, then they would come direct to our website and buy that. So how did you get started in, you know, basically running these, this like fashion empire? So you were in San Francisco, right? You were in San Francisco and you started this. And then what, how did you start this company? Sure. Um, I actually started it in Boston, in Wellesley, Massachusetts in college. And it was while I was going to college. I'm originally from Oregon. And uh, I started in my dorm room. I lived in the E-Tower, which is the entrepreneurship tower at Babson College. And that's we were all starting businesses. So that was the thing to do, obviously. And I'd always been interested in entrepreneurship and working for myself. And uh, so that's kind of how I got started in this line. I come from an entire family of entrepreneurs, besides my parents, uh, but everybody else, aunts, uncles, grandparents were all entrepreneurs, either currently or had been in the past. So there wasn't any real, I didn't see myself doing anything else in my life from very early on. And your husband is your business partner, right, Stephanie? Yes. I met Corey when I moved to San Francisco, probably five years after I started the business. And we met and we were not business partners. We we um, dated for several years before we partnered up. Does he have an entrepreneurial background? Yes, actually. Um, that's how we got to chatting. He was working 
for a windmill company startup in San Francisco. And he was designing algae diesel tanks at the time that we met. And so we, um, he, he also studied like aeronautical engineering in Davis. And then he went to stud, went on to study entrepreneurship at SF state in San Francisco. Amazing. So you started this company out of your dorm room, the E-Tower. Was it the lingerie company? And I mean, were you working with many, like running around and buying fabric and getting things made? Or how did you kind of, how did that come about? So originally, uh, Kaylin was actually a modest clothing brand. And I was like a boutique, an online boutique, which my professors were horrified about selling clothes online because at the time, you know, this is 15 years ago. So they were like, Steph, we're really worried about you launching an (laughs) online clothing business out of college. Like, what are you thinking? But yeah, I actually started as more of uh, like a boutique style. So like buying and reselling um, LA brands and New York brands and then focusing on a modest customer, like modest as in modesty, like this would have probably not passed um, pretty modest. Um, So I mean, I've, I always say that I've pivoted the business a thousand times and it's evolved. And one of my frustrations of buying a boutique and buying at that level, that the, the brands would come out with these amazing designs and then they drop them and they're like, oh, wasn't that great? That sold so well. And then I'd be like, yeah, bring it back. <laughs> like, why aren't you carrying it again? And it was a real pain point for me as a B2B wholesale buyer. And then I realized that I could just solve everything that was wrong with their product anyway, make a better product, and then carry it and stock it if the customer loved it forever for as long as they bought it. Amazing. And yeah, and I it's funny because back right about 15 years ago too is when I started my business designer consulting co-op and I was doing modest swimwear for like Orthodox Jewish women. And we were copying modest swimwear from Mormon women. And it was like, it was my four way. And it was right then it was like 2006 ish seven. Um, because mm-hmm. you're right. I used to have to tell people, um, you need to go buy your domain name and at least put a like uh, like a work in progress, like coming soon holder page. Cause people could not grasp website. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing like we weren't really selling or they were informational versus e-commerce back then. So you were like an early adapter, really savvy. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little early for some people, but that's fine. I just like slow well, growth through it. So it's 15 <laughs> years later, look at you now. Yeah. Yeah. Big difference. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> And how did you land on lingerie or bras and panties then? Well, I, I, after I had kind of given up the modest thing, um, cause it was a little constricting and it was hard. Um, it, the consumer was harder because I had different levels of modesty that I was working on. And it just, I was like, you know what? I don't dress this way. Why am I selling this way? It doesn't make any sense. And so I started, and I was like, I'm really into underwear. And I know it seems weird, but I really like it. The colors, the patterns, like it's much more interesting to me. And it's like a private thing. And I just think it's like kind of a um, fun thing to get into. So I started, you know, buying everybody in the modest pricing sector. And um, that's when I realized that like, none of this stuff was comfortable. Like it was beautiful, but none of it was comfortable. And then some of the people selling the comfortable stuff, they were charging way more. You know, you're, you're paying more than Victoria's Secret for a bralette. And you're like, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense. And so I kind of tested the waters with my own like yoga pant line. And then my original comfort bra, like that's the original, original comfort bra. And it just, 
people loved it. And that's when I realized this nylon spandex is amazing. And like the stretch factor just adds to the comfort. And I was like, I want to wear this and I want to sell this. And if I can't get it at the price point I want, then I need to just sell in volume. And that's what we started to do. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and just so you know, if you hear background noise with Stephanie, it's because she is in her gigantic warehouse where she's like, there's what the shipping door and there's boxes. And I think there's you a were, dock. You were How big is that warehouse? <laughs> Uh, we're at 50,000 square feet here. So yeah, a trucker just walked in. So <laughs> I tried to be like, you're like podcast over here, trucker. <laughs> That's amazing. I know you've got freight that you're dropping off or picking up. <laughs> so what I think what's really interesting about your business again is, and if that you are a team of three, you have two brands right now, two full brands, and you're an eight figure business. And there's only three people and people are probably like, again, emoji, mind blown. Like, how is this mm-hmm. even possible? So tell us a little bit about your business, how many employees you did have. And I don't know if you want to share your revenue level, but like how many employees you did have then and sort of your transition to a team of three now. Sure. Um, we had 26, 26 employees. I mean, Maybe it's 28 or 29. I don't know. There is a lot of part-time in there too. But we had 26. I think we were in the four to five revenue range um, at the time. But we were so bogged down in overhead and expenses. And obviously, we we were in South San Francisco at that time. And the rent was insane. It was just totally crazy. And then add all that labor on top of it. And then trying to be competitive in the tech industry, you know, as you know, we're running a warehouse here, you know, and Corey and I are doing most of the advertising and visual creatives and all that stuff. So, uh, so it was a four to $5 million business in revenue. And there was like about under just about 30 people working for you. Yeah. Sub 30, but yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And you're, so it's you and your husband and then and then what, what shifted? Like, did you start letting people go? How did, what happened with the team? And then your move to basically just around Sacramento from San Francisco. After we were analyzing the numbers about, we had a made to order um, printed women's sportswear line. And after we ran the numbers, we we're like, you know, this is like 70% of our cost in terms of the rent, the labor and all of that. And it's only making us 20% of the money. Doesn't make any sense. There, it got crazy on Amazon for a while with the printed industry anyway, and the writing was sort of on the wall. So we just, we dropped the line. We moved um, everybody who was printing over to private labeling LA brands. Um, And then, so we were doing private label for a while and then it just wasn't, it wasn't scalable um, without, you know, going direct and designing the lines ourselves and just, and the volume we were doing at that time was enough to justify minimum orders from anywhere in the world. So it just didn't make sense anymore to be paying a premium for a sub quality product when you could just go direct and do it ourselves. And then in addition to that, you don't have people private labeling it and packing it and, you know, and barcoding it and doing all those steps. And instead you're just letting the factory take on all of that work and it, you know, it kind of, it happened naturally as people left, we just didn't, we just didn't replace them. And that, that sort of happened naturally over time for a little while. And then when we realized we couldn't stay because the rent was just took a crazy 50% jump and we were like, you know what, this is it. We can't like, we, we cannot stay here. And, you know, nobody was willing to move 
totally understandable. Um, and so like, like I get it Woodland, it's hot. Um, I totally get it. We haven't acclimated yet, but, um, so I totally understand nobody wanting to come. And we had been talking about going rogue for years and cleaning stuff up and just like, there was overhead we didn't need and processes that were dumb. And, you know, there was all of that. And we were like, if we could just go rogue for a little while, we could like, you know, pay off some debt, grow and like streamline our whole, you know, streamline the whole process of the business and just make it as lean as possible. And then, and start from the factory all the way back into the warehouse and then how it moves to the warehouse and the software that we use to move it and to analyze the sales and to predict the productions, like all of that was, you know, crucial to doing it. I mean, I don't know, like if you could have grown the way we grew and not had all those employees, I feel like that was kind of a natural process of growing in that way. But I think after you had done that and saw the inefficiencies for so many years, you were like, you've got a hundred ideas on how to make it better. And that's, we just implemented all 100 when we moved here. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that it's much easier actually to look at data and see where it could be improved. And I think that that is such a skill set that you have. Stephanie's actually in our the top mastermind with us, and she is very cued into her numbers. So she knows like money she saved in warehousing, bringing the warehouse back in. She's also mentioned um, money she saved in. Um, I think it was boxes or something. You went, you tape, wasn't it tape? Yeah. Tape, tape alone. Decided. Yeah. Yes. Saved you. Was it thousands of dollars? It was like, we saved like $25,000 a year in tape by just buying it by the container instead of, you know, buying it by the half pallet every week. Right. So it's easier to look at a sheet of paper and see, oh, where can we save versus you have no idea and you're like, where do I go? Which direction do I go? Because you need to kind of go forward and then reevaluate, right? So I think it's so impressive that you and your husband or you especially just knew that that was eventually something that you could do. Now that we have all this data, how can we streamline this? It wasn't a matter of we're just going to switch logistics and switch the location. It was how are we going to really become a lean business? And so it is super impressive. And then you basically took your moneymaker, which were the bras and then the bolter, which is the men's line, and you cut the inefficiencies, right? Of the prints, printed line and um, it only making 20%, which when you think about that now, you're like, Ooh, is someone think looking at that would be like, Oh, that seems so obvious, but it isn't when you're in the business. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it, and it, and it doesn't because you, you know, you're looking at the revenue, right. It had this mm-hmm. really high price point, but then you didn't think about all the equipment, the equipment failure that you're replacing every year, because at the volume we were doing, the machines we were doing couldn't keep up with us. So we had to replace equipment like every year on some of the pieces that we were using. And I already had like 10, <laughs> you know, so I, <laughs> if that this became like part of the equation, um, very quickly. And I don't know. Sometimes you have to, you get so into the numbers and into the, but it's this much in sales. And, you know, you kind of get there that you have to really like step back and analyze it from a big picture perspective. And then for us, it's scenarioing it out. So we just, we create all the scenarios that we think are possible or could be possible, or what if this happened possible? And we do that through a lot of times through cash flow to see where we end up at the end of a year, three years, five years. And that really drove us to the decisions that we made to be here now. 
So very data-driven. And I know not everyone's minds work probably the same as you and your husband's. Um, you both come, I mean, you were saying like even for um, like programming, that's something that people can't even wrap their heads around and like these efficiencies you've been able to create. But one of the things I just want to clarify for everyone, because we do know Stephanie's business um, since she's in the mastermind with us, um, is that she manufactures overseas. So one of the things that you found to streamline was that you were getting stuff directly from overseas shipped to you in the factory, right? Plus you figured out, I think you've told us like you've programmed your own software to like track inventory and shipping and right. All these things that people have, like we ask numbers and they don't know, and they're in lots of places and you've been able to kind of wrap your, create this new system for your business. Yeah. We definitely have our own inventory and managing software that it also analyzes um, and helps us streamline like looking at the numbers in terms of what you need to order because projections are so huge. And if you go out to like find projection software, you'll die. Like at the price (laughs) that they quote you, you're like, what? And so I, you know, and I came back to my software developer and I'm like, this is what I want it to do. I don't need it to take it all the way. I would like to still have some of my own mind and feeling about what we order but I was like, but can we take it 95% of the way? Because that would save 95% of my time. And he's like, no problem. We just, we developed it and we've been tweaking it for, for years. Like we've been working on it. So it's a robust, it's this huge, robust software now, which is hilarious because he's always like, okay, when do we sell this and make millions? <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> um. Also, if you've ever been on Stephanie's website, she doesn't have everything of everything. She has a lot of the things that sell really well, panties, bras. I think there's two different types of bras, maybe, right? One with the crossback, because I have one with the just the not the crossback. So it's variations of specific things that she knows sells really well. And so I want to showcase that eight figure business, team of three collection of how many, how many SKUs do you think that you actually have? And most, I mean, not variation SKUs, how many core products? Our core products across, if you also add in the Caramel Cantina brand, is 30. 30. Okay. Exactly. Across three brands? Across three brands. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It is, no, every time people come in, I mean, even when we're talking to the um, Amazon reps and stuff and they come in, they're like, what? <laughs> like, I know. We break all the rules. Like everything they tell you, like post more products, launch new products every day, keep launching. And I'm like, like that's a, that's, that's a way <laughs> I was like, it's an exhausting <laughs> way. And I've already done that. So <laughs> that's a way. How often then do you drop? So you've got the, the key body styles and I've been in laundry too. So like, you know, there's, you know, your best sellers like laundry and somewhere like a bottoms and tops usually. And then sometimes people will buy the extras, but they don't buy those. Like you say in bulk, right? This is everyday wear for people, but how often do you add new colors? Like the fashion side of the brand? Well, more than the factory would like. Um, <laughs> this is like my, oh, I mean, some of our bras do come in like 30 some colors. So it's, it is a little crazy. Our beige range is kind of insane. I don't even know if you can see it, but how often do we do it? I would like to say quarterly, but that's not really true. Um, probably twice a year we come out and, with either new colors or new styles. And are they, are they multiple colors that you drop at once or just a couple? We always drop in fours for bras okay. and six sixes for underwear, just because that's okay. how the pa- packs go. The same is true with the Bolter men's t-shirt. We just repicked all the Heather fabrics and colors and they're amazing. And that's going to drop 16 new colors in about 35 days. So that will be really exciting and painful to photograph. 
And then do you, um, do you then drop other like past colors or do you keep them in the collection? Like what allows that, you know, a blue from last season to stay or to go? I have a certain number and if it sells at that rate within a certain period of time, it stays until it drops below that rate. Okay. That makes sense. And how long does it have to be below that rate to be dropped? Really a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, It's really a year. Like if if I can't move it in six months, I don't want it. And I, we try to roll inventory within three to four months. Um, so once we get beyond six months, I'm like, "Mm, don't know about that color anymore. Mm -hmm. So, and some of our colors are seasonal. So we already know that the winter pack is going to sell a lot more in the winter and that it's Mm going to kind of fade in the spring and summer, but then it's going to come back strong in the winter. So we just keep it all year all year round. Yeah. So good to know. I know. I love that. Actually. I think I bought something like 14 bras and I thought it was a bit much, but I bought like a whole bunch of colors, but I'm, you know, that's the type of bra I wear. So I think that, that there, it really is, has to do with your product and the type of consumer. Cause I was like, well, I won't have to do laundry for like a really long time. And, um, you know, there was so many different colors. So I do think that there's something there where, you know, it really is. I love that you have the processes in place and you understand that and you've really dug into that, but there is that, you know, you get to play around with the colors. Yes. And, um, cutting the bras has been really fun too. Just like trying them on. That's been something I've really missed in San Francisco. Cause I had people that would come by in all different bra sizes and try them on for me. And so that I could move the lines and stuff around a little bit on real humans. So I'm building that network again, right now, of, um, ladies in our local community to come in and try the bras on and let me see them in them. I know it's kind of feels weird, but there's just something you can't, you know, you can't go to a model agency and get a fit model. Who's like a, you know, 36 G like they're just just not available at the normal um, places. So you have to, you literally, I'm like slipping notes into customers like, Hey, what's your bra size? If you're one of these five, (laughs) like, would you message me if you want to be like a product tester? And so I have like lists and lists of ladies who are like, yes, send me bras. I will try them on. It's true though. I mean, even when I, cause I worked for, that was my first job was for Costa Bella. And it was like, we all tried on the bras, like the older women, the younger women, cause our fit model would have like fake breasts and perfect body, even though she was like the 34 C that we needed to fit on. So it was always just kind of like, oh yeah, you know, you could see real, like real bodies. So when you keep talking about packs, I do want to say is the packs are that on Amazon, for example, because you could, like Mina said, she bought off the the website, right? And you can mm-hmm. get individual and you can pick out of all of the amazing colors. But the way I like to shop is the way that you have it on Amazon where I can order, you know, a four pack of your pretty bras and I don't have to like, it takes some of that decision fatigue away from me. So if I want to get the bras and the underwear, I want to get like a whole bunch of colors. I have that option. Yes. We are adding packs onto the website because of the customer requests to do so. So yeah. we are yeah, we're adding that back. But we had it before packs and singles. And then when we, we just launched our website. Sorry, it's got problems. Um, but <laughs> it, like, sorry, there's like no information. But eventually the website will have all the bras in a woman in all the t- traditional bra sizes. So you'll be able to toggle down and be like, hey, I'm a 34D. And you'll be able to toggle down and see a 34D gal in a couple different sizes. So that's the future mm. that um, awesome. we're headed towards. So 
Yeah, I love that. Because I I really wanted to show people that, you know, we talked about how you were an eight-figure business. You had a team of, you know, 30, almost 30 people. um, And then you're now a team of three, um, but you're streamlining and it seems all data-driven. But really, we're getting to see this invigoration of inspiration that seems to be happening with you moving, coming out with different colors, starting your network of local people and fit models. Like what, what else is on, what are you feeling inspired about with this new, newish business, right? The new version of this business. I'm really excited to start designing new products again. Cause I feel like I've just been um, adding colors and sizes and I've like really honed in, okay, which sizes and that I have designed three amazing, like plus bralettes that I just, I need a few more fit models to really feel confident about it. So I, we have a lot more plus launching next year, which I'm super excited about. We have set goals for design for me. Um, so we will be, instead of launching a new product every three to six months, we will be launching new products every month. And we're going to do soft launches on our website. And then we'll do full scale launches later if that tests well. So we'll, there will be a lot more new. We'll, we'll launch in the next year as many products as we have right now. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited to see how you grow. And I'm so honored that we get to work with you in the mastermind because, you know, like it, it, it's such a good, you're such an, a, an amazing addition to this group. One, this business that you've grown and it's incredible. And it's something that I don't think everyone can wrap their minds around fully, mm-hmm. but it's incredible right. what you've done, like coming out of, out of college and growing these multiple brands. Um, and at the same time, it's, it's great for our other masterminders to see this business and what you've done, but also then for you to see kind of the reconnecting with the customer, the, the direct to consumer, that kind of more personal thing, because you've yes. built this huge business and service to your customers, but now you're starting to work on the more intimate relationship and maybe showing up on social and doing all that a bit more. Yes. Yes. I'm really excited to learn more about social. I mean, I used to be all about it in college 15 years later. Oops. Uh, so yeah. And I just hired uh, another employee. And so she's going to take over the part of my job that is now 30 hours a week. And I'm so excited about that because now I'll get to talk to more customers, design more things and work on the marketing stuff that I haven't been able to do in like five or six years. So I'm really excited. The creative stuff. Yeah. yeah the creative, creative stuff I've been... I've been missing that. Like we have to do the data. Like we have to like leave the business with the data, but it's exciting to do the more inspirational, like, okay, I'm doing leggings with cactus on them. And Corey's like, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Leggings with cactuses were very popular. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did you, so, and I just one more thing, cause you are such a creative, right? How are you? Cause I'm a fashion designer. So how did you create apparel without a fashion design background? Like, do you just have really great taste? Did you like, did you hire a designer? What happened initially? So I used to make evening gowns and, and I have made them and hacked patterns since I was in middle school. And so, yeah, even through college, when I moved to San Francisco, I wasn't sure if Kaylin was going to be the main thing or my evening gowns I was making for opera singers. And so I didn't know which way I was going to go. I don't know anything about pattern making. I've just, you know, sewn and then figured it out. It's, you know, I'm like, it's geometry or whatever. So, you know, yeah. it's like you have a mannequin, you're making it. I, I really got into uh, making it for draping with for plus size and I got really good at like corsetting and draping for plus size and 
Um, so that's what I was like, oh man, this is like a super need for these gals. Like there's nothing on the internet. Like it just, it's just so sad to see, but anyway. Um, so yeah, I, no degree, no background. I tried to read some books about it. I tried to go to fashion school after business school and that it was not going to work out for me. I was, didn't have any patience. <laughs> I was like, you want me to do a color wheel? I know I'm out. <laughs> like, I, like I'm out. These colors look good together because they do. Like, yeah, you know, that thing. <laughs> colors, color theory, color theory. I'm like, because I was, I was like, after fashion, I was like, I should go to business school. But you can see that you don't need to, like you said, and and I'll say the same thing. And I think that was the key is that you just figured it out. There's free resources out there. There's paid resources. There's, but you learn by figuring it out because whatever they teach you in school is a point, but it's real life experience that gets you there. And. I've, we told people this recently, and we said that we believe that each and every one of you listening has the ability to have a million dollar, at least revenue a year, and, but it may not be, it, it could be this business and where you grow it. As you can see, like with your business, you've grown it and kind of transformed and pivoted, but you've had multiple businesses. You started with one idea, it moved you to another idea, and now you have a humongous business. And so if you're an entrepreneur, I think if you keep moving forward, if you keep being creative, if you keep just figuring it out, you will find your your way to a successful, mm-hmm. profitable business. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you need to get a degree in whatever. So right. Stephanie, I'm curious then with a transformation of what your business is now, is this what you envision? Like, how do you feel about all of this? And is this how you saw your business of it being what you wanted? Every year, I think the dreams grow and Sorry. It's okay. No, I love it. Oh my gosh. Um, This is way bigger than I imagined in my dorm room. And I'm so thankful. But now the sky's the limit and we're just going to go for it. Yeah. Oh my God. Go rogue and go for it. You're so... I love the get up and go, you know, mentality that you have. And, and, and it is, it's like, we can't even imagine these things for ourselves. And then when you're there, whatever level it is, and you kind of look back and reflect, it is incredible. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's really nuts. You're incredible. <laughs> yeah, you really are. And we're so honored to work with you. So Stephanie, if you could, oh my gosh, I'm getting teary. <laughs> uh, I, I love seeing this and I love seeing that it's possible for anybody. And I think that you're such an inspiration. So how can people support you, share you, buy from and- you and follow you? Well, um, I'm inviting everybody to come on my Instagram because, um, you know, <laughs> I have no one. Um, so <laughs> we're working on growing it. <laughs> we're working on it. So it's XOXO Kalon, and you can always shop KalonClothing.com. But if Amazon or Walmart is your thing, just go there. We're everywhere and we want to be everywhere and convenient to all people at all times. So wherever you find us, find us, engage with us, leave comments, email, um, post questions on you know, the marketplaces, it's probably me responding. <laughs> and it's, it's K-A-L-O-N. And we will put links to both of the businesses and, in the show notes. So, but make sure to follow her at XOXO Kalon because we are going to build your Instagram and you will have a tribe mm-hmm. of product bosses buying the most comfortable underwear in the world. You will not regret following her. It is the best. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much, Stephanie. <laughs> thank you. Hey friends, Jacqueline here. Based on all the amazing things we are seeing happen online, we are predicting this is going to be one of the busiest seasons for e-commerce ever. Are you ready for it? 
No matter what stage of business you're in, the one thing we do know is you need to show up and create content that actually matters to your customers during this 2020 holiday season. But wait, you may be thinking, sounds great, but what do I actually say to them without being salesy? Don't worry, friends, we've got you covered this holiday season. Introducing 101 plus content ideas beyond the discount 2020 edition, a bundle of tools, prompts, and video training that helps you create content this holiday season to reach out to your customers beyond just offering discounts, which is uber important to having a profitable Q4. This is created specifically for you to use during this 2020 holiday season. So what's included? 101 plus content prompts to be used on social media, emails, and in live videos. Three months of edible calendars filled with daily content ideas for marketing in 2020 quarter four. Monthly checklists for 2020 holidays to inspire content and calendar prompts. Five holiday plug and play scripts that will help you show up easily on video to stand out from the big guys. And this is one of our favorites. The easiest way to have a 12 days of holiday sales or a cyber month sales worksheet, plus video trainings and so much more. If you want to check it out, make sure to grab 101 content ideas beyond the holiday discount 2020 holiday edition. We wanted to make this holiday season as sweet as pumpkin pie that we are practically giving this away. Head to holidaycontentideas.com right now. And let's make this your most profitable holiday season ever.